Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thank you for finding us. During the week, you can also find us on Dash Radio. Just download the Dash Radio app, search for nothing but net. That is also free, and we're there every weekday, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Pacific. Also, check out 5reasonsports.com. Spill it out, F-I-V-E, reasonsports.com, for all the latest on the Heat, the Dolphins, the Canes, who play Clemson, coming up on Saturday. The Marlins out of the playoffs, but what are they going to do in the offseason? And, of course, the Dolphins, who face San Francisco on Sunday. Also check out our YouTube channel as we speak. Alphonse Sydney has a cast of thousands over there, so you can check that out. You're done with us. Greg Savander is going to be on with me here. Actually popped on there at the beginning, so you can catch some of his thoughts there as well, although we're certainly going to get to those here. And also the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. We've got a lot of them, and they are all local, including Gonzalez and Tybor. You know, a recent report showed that over 45% of people use their stimulus checks to repay debt. This is money that could have and should have gone to cover living expenses. Even before the pandemic, household debt in this country, especially credit card debt, was going up and it was hurting families and small businesses. We may get another stimulus check. We may not. So nobody likes to consider bankruptcy as an option for dealing with your debt, but bankruptcy is one of the few laws that actually exists to help consumers. So before you make another debt payment that you cannot afford or you do something drastic like empty out your 401k or borrow money from friends and family, why don't you talk to a professional about your options? Contact Gonzalez and Tybor. The website is bankruptcyisgoodforyou.com. The phone number is 954-378-8184. An attorney will answer your call. Consultations always free and can be done by telephone or video conference. A local law firm that's helped hundreds of clients get the fresh start that they deserve. So if you have any issues with that, don't hesitate. 954-378-8184. Bankruptcy is good for you.com. And now tonight's episode. One, two, three, four, five on the floor. Welcome to five on the floor, a daily show on the Miami heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alphonse Sidney, Alex Toledo, and Greg Sylvander. Part of the Five Reason Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Here is today's floor plan. You know, maybe this is a little bit of emotion running through here because I don't know that we expected this to happen tonight. But I tweeted something and obviously everybody jumped all over me. I said this was the most remarkable win in heat history. And I know where people were going to go with that immediately. Game six, 2013 is the obvious one that comes up. And here's what I would say about that. Just as in that series, you were facing elimination, but you were at home. You had LeBron James on your team. You weren't running a seven man rotation where three of the guys were in their first ever postseason. Two of the guys were acquired at the deadline to uh, of those 
three guys who were playing in their first postseason all were essentially rookies. Your two stars, so to speak, one of them looked like he was playing at 60% most of the night. I'm sorry. It's right there with me. I mean, maybe this is a little heat of the moment stuff, but what they did tonight to stave off elimination, and no, it didn't send it to a seventh game. It just sends it to a sixth. I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> I've just never seen anything like that. Like, they have no business being where they are. And here's the other thing. Those Heat in 2013 were not playing without their starting point guard. Okay, and the starting point guard on this team is better than the starting point guard on that team. Sorry, sorry, Mario. Greg, I don't even know how to put it into words, what we just saw. I mean, we're going to go through it, but it, it's amazing what they just did. Have I mentioned that I absolutely love this basketball team? With Like, I, I just, you're right. It, it rivals it, like, in a vacuum, if you're talking about um, the way that the, the, just in all context, obviously what Ray Allen did at the end of that game, um, and the, the, we, we have the benefit of hindsight in knowing that they closed the deal and won the championship. So that obviously um, plays into it, but you're right. Like today, more than any day that I can remember, uh, I got exceptionally annoyed with the coverage. It was all Lakers, mm -hmm. literally everything on ESPN was Lakers, Lakers, Lakers closing out the series. Even the Lakers Twitter account um, was like alluding to closing out the series. And listen, I am one to hope traffic with the best of them. And I, I absolutely love to build the narrative. I love that kind of stuff. I think that that's part of the allure of sports. It's what has always like plucked my heartstrings. So I get that, but they were coming at it today. Like this was like going to be a celebration. And they told, you know, Jimmy essentially and Duncan and these guys essentially said, get those damn ropes off of the off the court. They did it in a completely different fashion. And to see Jimmy Butler go toe to toe with LeBron James, it, it's and I actually said to my wife, who I watched the game with tonight, I, I, I said to her, I can't believe we have a guy that's going toe to toe with LeBron James in the NBA finals. Like, like you literally as a heat fan to me, it was like Dwayne Wade was going to be the only guy that was ever going to have the ability to do that. And he just literally went toe to toe and came out victorious. I mean, I, I and particularly as much as Bam struggled, as much as they uh, shrunk the rotation, shooting was still suspect until they kind of rounded it out by the end of the game. Um, they've gutted it out. Guts. The guts, the symbol of this uh, team to me that has now been playing competitive games um, since what, October 14th of 2019. I think that was the first game of the season. I'll have to take a look. So we're at roughly a year. We're close to 360 days. Yeah. The symbol of this team to me, the moment that I will remember from this game as much as any other is Duncan Robinson from Williams College, undrafted. Don't give me the Michigan stuff. He had to start at Williams College. We talked to his high school coach from Exeter and Williams College, undrafted, taking a charge against LeBron James. The Heat's undrafted shooter who we didn't even believe would be in the rotation this season is taking a charge in game, game five of the NBA finals from LeBron James and not only getting the call, but then it got reviewed and didn't get overturned. That is this team, that play, that play. I mean, you can give me the BAM block, obviously, as the play of the, the postseason. 
but that place symbolizes this team. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's unbelievable. I don't gush about teams that I've covered. I just don't. I mean, I, I, I covered the 2012, 2013 team, the 27 game winning streak. They played on a level that I'll never see another team play. I mean, I didn't see the 72, 73 dolphins, you know, live. I was born in 73. Um, and we haven't had another team, you know, like that, you know, other than that 2012, 2013 team, but this team is, is to me, the most competitive, most defiant team, that we've seen in South Florida sports. They just, they just do not quit. And Eric Spolster's whole attitude, you talk about get, get the, you know, get the MF and ropes out of here. I mean, his whole, his whole thing, I don't give a shit what anybody says, which he kept repeating in his press conference was basically that. Yeah. Okay? And I don't want to disrespect Kobe. And this is why I think it's so unfortunate that ESPN and the NBA have made this entire series. Like, you know, a, a it, you know, and you and I talked about this on, on floors yours. They've made it all about Kobe in what I think is kind of an unseemly way. Okay. And, and again, I, so I don't want to disparage it and say, well, get the mama jerseys off, but to a certain degree, I mean, you know, the Lakers were planning a parade just like Dallas was planning a parade in 2006. And there are parallels to that particular series. Now you, you had the Marquette guy who did what he did in game three, but this team, they, they are, it's just defiance. The, the whole team is defiance. It's, it's, I mean, they, they shouldn't be doing this. There's seven guys in the rotation. They played seven tonight, seven. Yeah. And again, as I mentioned, three of those guys are basically rookies. Duncan Robinson's a rookie. They are basically playing three rookies. One of which everybody in the on the, every heat fan wanted not to be playing anymore. Okay. <laughs> which was Kendrick Nunn who gave them good minutes tonight. couple, you know, moments that you're like, but also, I mean, they wouldn't have stayed in this game without him. And, and then Duncan Robinson who'd struggled throughout much of the postseason. Tyler hero, who has been a little bit up and down two guys. They brought into trade in mid season that there were some heat fans who were kind of questioning because they didn't want to give up Winslow bam. As I said, who's not at a hundred percent. And then Jimmy, um, I, I want to get, we got Alex here too i i want to get to to jimmy here in a second um let's just do it now this game to me he was even better than game three yeah i i think so i i think because of the way that when they needed buckets late they were able to continually go to him and then also just the um, the defensive stuff, the, the getting in the passing lanes, uh, the, the quick hands, all of those things, uh, only three turnovers, five steals. I mean, like you're talking about just a really well-rounded active game from him. And, um, and yeah, it, like when you mentioned Kendrick Nunn earlier too, and I know we're going to stick to Jimmy here, zero turnovers. He didn't make mistakes. He was a huge uh, offensive option to see Bam so hobbled. Uh, it, it, it was tough to watch with some of those like under the basket misses and stuff like that. You can tell that he's not a hundred percent and Jimmy carried these guys. Uh, it is, he absolutely has cemented himself, if not statistically on a day-to-day -day basis as a top 10 guy in the league in terms of when it matters most, you know, he's going to show up. The dude has no fear. Uh, uh, there's no question. He's top 10 now. I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, there's nobody outside the top 10 who does this to LeBron. I mean, let's, let's go through the numbers and Alex, I, I do want to bring you in here. Jimmy, 47 minutes, 35 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists, five steals. And I remember every one of them because every one of them was significant. 
12 of 12 from the line. Like this is this is another place that unreal. He he has separated himself from some greats in heat history. Uh, again, there is no bigger Dwayne Wade stand than me. But you knew at the end of some of those games Dwayne was missing one out of two. Right? He just he just was. He missed he missed two in Dallas, remember? He missed uh, Dwayne late in games free throws could be a little sketchy. With Jimmy, there was one he missed this year that I remember late in the game. But when he stepped up there tonight, Alex, like, you're okay. I mean, he's not even hitting rim. It's just, I mean, it's, it's like he's like mocking the whole process that it's actually supposed to be challenging there. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it was crazy. Uh, what Jimmy did tonight to, to piggyback off of what you guys were saying earlier is definitely, I think, it rivaled that game three performance, which I, I didn't think he was going to have another game that got that close. Like, I just think it's unbelievable. And I think this one, even though Bam did play, and even if he was hobbled, obviously that helps him out on defense, blah, blah, blah. This might have been a harder one than what he pulled off in game three, just given the circumstances of the people he had to score on this time. And, like, he really had to go into the mud for these points. And he just kept doing it time after time, after time, after time. And then at the same time, you know, setting up for everybody else, getting to the line 12 times and hitting every single one playing near perfect defense. Like the guy has done absolutely everything you want him to. He turned up the aggression. He started hitting the middies. Like he really dragged them to this win tonight. And, and right. Like you, you got lucky at the end that Keith Morris throws that terrible pass and has truly, I think a J.R. Smith moment. Like I thought that was almost as bad as the J.R. thing. Uh, <laughs> finally yeah because LeBron was wide open by the way like Marquise Morris could have just you know thrown into a wide open LeBron James to win them the championship and I, I would have found some way to not come on this podcast because I would have been so upset but <laughs> <laughs> no but seriously what Jimmy did tonight I, I like it's I think it probably is still like this combined with game three you put him up versus anything that Dwayne LeBron has done, right? I don't know that you put it up. And, and this is something that oh, you've yeah. been saying, obviously. I don't think you put it higher than what Dwayne did in 06, where he just turned into Jordan for four, ga- for four games. But I think it's right there. And, like, the fact that we're talking about that is unbelievable. This guy didn't just step up his game for the playoffs. Like, he took his game to a whole nother level. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, this is just – I can't even – But that's the th- – but, Alex, that's the thing about it, though, is what we said after that game three. The difference was the reason Dwayne separated was he did it multiple times in that series. And now this guy has done it multiple times in this series. But the difference is – and, again, I'm not going to put it ahead of Dwayne because what Dwayne did that series was uh, insane, Okay. But also, Dwayne had his full complement of players. Whether they were all playing at a high level is another story. But he had his full complement of players. He also was not going against LeBron James and Anthony Davis. He was he was going against Dirk Nowitzki, obviously all an all time great, but not LeBron. Okay, and Josh Howard, and Jason Terry. He he what he wasn't going against LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And so I'm not going to put it ahead of Dwayne, but I'm saying it's right there. I mean, it's right there. I mean, it's it is. I mean, it's right there. I mean, he made every play down the stretch and you knew he was going to make them. And there was nobody else on his team that without Goron that you could really trust because Tyler had some shaky moments there. You weren't going to Iguodala for offense. You weren't going, you know, Jay, I think, played better as the game went on. Bam was not himself. And, you know, so he had to do it. But let's I I don't want to get lost here because the narrative stuff is incredible and we're going to get more into it tomorrow or Sunday. But I, I want to go through some of the plays late in the game because I don't want them to be forgotten. Okay, let let's go through some of it. Um, the Jimmy decision to attack 
when he got that screen, did you guys at the time question it at all? He's, he's not, he's not using enough clock there. You know, maybe he should have run it down when, when he ended up getting to the line, getting the foul on Davis. I, I didn't question it. I, I, I liked the fact that he was aggressive going to the basket. I think that um, to your point about his free throw shooting being such a, uh, I mean, it's literally an offensive weapon. It's like, it's, it's a part of it's a tool in the toolbox that's more than just like a, a happenstance thing that just kind of it's deliberate that he does that so the fact that he took it to the to the whole even with time left on the clock obviously you have your your in the back of the fans mind you say oh gosh here comes a lebron or an ad fadeaway to win it but you you like to see him aggressive he got to the line um so ultimately i, I thought it was the right play and also when you get to the end of these games and Jimmy has carried you throughout the night, I'm just going to trust Jimmy at that point. And, uh, oh, yeah. and he made the right call. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there, Leif. I, I didn't, I mean, I was good with him attacking. I don't care if Anthony Davis is there waiting. We know that Jimmy Butler draws fouls just as much as anybody. And I know that it can be risky, you know, just kind of relying on the refs to get you that foul, but Jimmy created the contact just like he's so good at doing. And like, honestly, that was, he saw, he saw blood at that time. He saw red. He's like, okay, I got the screen, I got the lane, and he got a he got a running start and was able to generate some momentum and 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 create contact. I'm glad he did that. I, I mean, honestly, I was a little bit worried that it was gonna go to to the three point shooter, and uh, you know, I, I trust this team with shooting as, as much as any other team. Of course, they're they're elite at it, but of course, you want to see Jimmy Butler get the shot, right? Mm. And I think when he's going like that, it's like it has to be him. It has to be him. He was He's so in the zone where it's like it's either him or, it, or it's got to be Duncan coming off a curl, coming off a dribble handoff. Because, my God, we we finally got the Duncan Robinson game in full force. This is everything we've been waiting for throughout this entire round. And, my God, did they need it. Because, he, I mean, if they didn't get what they got from Duncan tonight, it's an L. And we're talking about a Lakers championship. And me and Leif are just sick to the stomach while doing this podcast. What, but, but, let, but let's cycle through finally. But all right, we'll get to. Well, let's cycle back to Jimmy though on that because one of the criticisms we've had of Jimmy, I think, all year down the stretch was settling for the fallaway jump shot, right? Or, so or the fadeaway. So the fact that he did attack there, which was his mindset the entire game, to me that is why they had to do it, and and it's probably why Spo wanted it. If you get the screen and you you can get a switch, you're comfortable with get to the basket. Let's go to the other end then. Because I tweeted right before, we've seen this a million times. If you double LeBron in those situations, he's going to make the pass. This was uh, the criticism of him throughout his heat days. It, so many times he did it. I can remember, you know, him being criticized in Utah for passing to Udonis Haslam and in defending the decision in the locker room and then apologizing for it by the time he got to the bus. I mean, this has been one of the narratives with him. It's one of the comps with Jordan, even though Jordan did it all the time. Kerr hit a shot at the end of a game, right? Purdue made a shot at the end. It was Longley, I'm sorry. One of them, okay? One of their stiff centers. Uh, Paxson, right, made the shot at the end of the game. So they did this. He did this over the course of time. LeBron has always gotten criticized for it, but you knew as soon as a double came there that he was going to pass it. Now this is the chess match we talked about with Eric Spolstra, that he knows LeBron James. So in that situation, right, he basically yeah. pressed LeBron's button to get the ball out of his hands. 
I want to introduce you to another of the great new sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and it is a sponsor that would be important in any time if you want to have a beautiful workspace, but it's especially important now when you need a safe one as well, and that's safecubbies.com, which offers modular office solutions designed to elevate your open office into a modern and safe environment at any budget. You can personalize your workspace with options like whiteboards, magnetic panels, acrylic sheets, and graphic branding. Most of the surfaces are non-porous for easy cleaning and can be removed or replaced within minutes. Now, this is for workplaces. They've got a bunch of different options on their professional series, but also they've got private room solutions, dividers and sneeze guards, and they have a classroom series as well. So if you're involved with the school, this is definitely something your school should check out, of course, if we have school in the fall. And that's the point here. We were entering a new normal period with COVID-19, safecubbies.com, which is locally owned is the place that you want to go. The phone number is 754-216-1071. Again, that's 754-216-1071 or safecubbies.com. Yeah, because he knows LeBron's going to make the right basketball play, and it was the right basketball play. He had a player at the top of the key um, that is a historical heat killer of sorts. Not that anybody is necessarily taking that into account late in games, but I know every heat fan uh, felt, you know, that lump in their throat when they saw the shot go up. Cause uh, it was Danny green, right? I'm not crazy. That's But then when you like go through and you look at, um, cause you're talking about the chess match that's at hand, He's gone three of eight, one of eight, oh of four, two of six, two of five tonight from three. That's been his series. So ultimately, like if you play the percentages, they they made the right play. Like even though LeBron made the right basketball play, you're going to live with Danny. If Danny Green makes that shot, obviously Heat fans would be sick to their stomach, but you live with it. They got the ball to the right guy in terms of the percentages in this series. He missed it and, and they walked away with a victory. So it, it is an interesting chess match because um, in most cases, you know, Spo knew what, what he was going to. So maybe that means they closed out just a little bit sooner because they know that the pass is coming, but ultimately, you know, it's a make or miss league. And I know that that's super cliche to say out loud, but we saw it more than ever tonight. The heat hit 42% of their three point mm-hmm. shots and guess what? They won. Yeah, I mean, it finally happened, man. They they finally started hitting how they were supposed to. And, yeah, I mean, honestly, it's funny that you said that because I actually, like, breathed a sigh of relief when I saw LeBron pass it, even if it was to Danny Green. Mm-hmm. I was just terrified that LeBron was going to hit a game winner to give them the title and that it was just – you cannot – if you cannot let that happen, I don't care if it's Danny Green <laughs> for the championship, but who, by the way, has not been the same uh, shooter that he was before, even if he's always been a heat killer, even if you don't give that guy a wide open shot, you just cannot give LeBron the title clinching game winning yep. shot, like, yep. especially against the heat. Like, you know, all those guys just would have been sick. Like I, every single one of us would have been absolutely sick. I, I'm glad he threw that pass out. Cause Danny well, Green would he have been, criticized been a 35% shooter all year. But but would he have been criti- will will he be criticized for now again tomorrow's Saturday so it's a little bit different, but so he's not going to hear it from the usual windbags right like on on ESPN yeah. and Fox, but will he be would he be if he if it was if you were leading into a Monday or a Tuesday would he be criticized for not taking the last shot Oh yeah oh yeah no doubt I mean you know that comes you know you have your you have the <laughs> the rotation of guys who are employed just to give those takes we we you already know that's coming and i saw those tweets i saw people saying you know lebron could have had the title clinching shot gave it to danny green 
You know, everybody wanted to compare him to Kobe and for them to win in the Mamba jerseys. They just thought, I mean, Mike Breen, I'm sorry, I'm going on a tangent here, but Mike No, no, Breen, go ahead, go ahead. I, I was so sure. upset with him tonight. Like, I, I love Mike Breen. I love Mike Breen and hearing him on the call. But every time that the Heat went on a run or they were leading, it's this just total tone of surprise in his voice that was just killing me, bro. It's yeah. like, how many more close games do you have to see when this team is healthy? This is a good matchup. I'm so over Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This thing where, like, yes, they're obviously not supposed to be here, but ever since they've been healthy, it's been a damn good matchup. Like, they had the same record as the Lakers coming in, and yet the whole time it's like they're really just waiting to crown the Lakers. And I really hate – I really hate doing this whole – heat homer fan thing you know mm-hmm. or they hate us they don't talk about us no but you're not it's wrong it's just though. so over the top like you had the espn account tweeting like the lakers team account today it's like everybody just anticipating them giving the trophy to the lakers and i i, I really thought it was offensive like i can't imagine i can't imagine spo and jimmy and ud and the guys in that locker room just hearing all of that you know everybody's supposed to block out the noise but i thought it was particularly over the top recently. Well, it, it was, I mean, yeah. And, and I, I, I don't even couldn't come, believe that he were playing good. I, I don't even come from that position. And it's been obvious to me. I mean, I, I am stunned the way the ESPN has butchered this series. Um, just butchered it. Like th- they've done no research. It's ridiculous. Okay. Mark Jackson comes out talking about what, you know, that Jimmy Butler is a good three point shooter the other night. Like he, he, he they've done, they've done no research okay there was something breen said the other day that was ludicrous about hero being a bucks fan i i I don't know where they're getting this stuff and then didn't they say it's just because he's from wisconsin i guess but then jalen rose uh today when he then they can't first thing jalen cannot finish a sentence without transferring it to lebron he just can't and so tonight he talked about basically at the end he he talked about him being finals mvp yeah they crowned him at halftime they crowned him at halftime as finals mvp like i mean the game they were down at the half yeah if you if you didn't know the score and you listened to the halftime show, you would think the Heat were down by 10 and that the Lakers were cruising to their 17th title because they couldn't stop saying that over and over again. Um, so the, the coverage has been kind of unfair. And I don't think LeBron's actually going to get criticized for that pass because there's another game Sunday before the mm-hmm. uh, the shows yeah, and true, the, ga- the gas bags get to crank back up. But... Forget about if, it by then. If they lose if, Sunday. If they lose Sunday, Monday will be one of the oh, few man. days that I tune into some of those <laughs> national gas bags to listen to what they have to say. Because well, then I think people will start to turn a little bit. Oh, no, no doubt. I mean, the pressure turns to him completely. And we're going to get to that after the break. But the one other comment I want to make, because, I mean, he is, in my view, one of the worst uh, analysts in sports. Mark Jackson uh, today. Tonight. Th- th- when they were, when, when the, the Heat had extended their third quarter lead, so they came in a half and they, and they had extended it. Now it went away quickly as many leads did in this game. And I want to talk about, I thought Spolster was masterful with the timeouts tonight, masterful. And that's something that something he's been criticized for at times, but there was, they had extended the third quarter lead and Mark Jackson is praising the Lakers for the way they've hiked up the defense. I'm like, dude, the, the lead that the heat had at halftime has gone up to this point, And that's what you're coming up with. They they've done 
they did no research uh, before this series. I, I just, I, I, this has felt like a crowning since the very beginning. Um, that halftime show is, is just an abomination. And, and anyway, I, I, I'm, I don't usually focus on this stuff that much, but it has been as a member of the media, I'm sort of embarrassed by the way that ESPN has handled this series. All right, we're going to now, gonna, by the way, just to cap this off, despite all the injuries, despite Goron pretty, pretty much uh, playing less than the first half in the series, despite Bam only playing a couple of games, the Heat are not the only team to take the Lakers to at least six games. Yep. They, the Lakers have beaten everybody else in five. Are they going to come up with some kind of a Kobe allusion to that? Is is there some number that they can pull out of their hats? They'll find to, it. Uh, they have the whole I, ESPN interns like checking out like where they could find the numbers oh, eighty-one I got and twenty-four. It. I got it. No, five, no, no, five, five, six. No, I, I, it's two plus four equals <laughs> six. Lakers and six. That's a, uh, that's. Oh, and the, oh, and that and that oh, was the bronze number in Miami too, right? So that has oh, to, it has it has to it has to be six. All right, we'll, we'll get to more of this in a second because I want to go through Eric Spolstra and some of the decisions that he made tonight and look ahead. But if you need a realtor who will treat you as a valued client and not just another commission, let me recommend you consult with Eric Brown at FiveReasonsRealtor.com, the official realtor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Eric's a real estate professional with several years of experience representing celebrities, executives, and pro athletes, but also first-time home buyers with a Wharton School business education. He's uniquely qualified at identifying property value, negotiating on your behalf, and providing an unmatched level of service. So if you're considering selling or buying a home in South Florida, just want to know what your property's worth in the strong real estate market, contact Eric at 305-967-9089, 305-967-9089, or go to 5reasonsrealtor.com. If he can't help you, he'll recommend someone who can. So find out what his specialized business, professional business approach can do for you today. Eric Brown at 5reasonsrealtor.com, the official realtor of the 5 Reasons sports network let's get to eric spolstra because he has been this is his team okay more so than any other team that he's ever coached um it's it's just, it's his team i mean his imprint is all over it it's the team he wanted to coach from the very beginning of the season and obviously it became stronger in his mind by adding crowder and Iguodala. um but he has he's taking control of it he's coached it the way he's wanted to coach it and tonight, I thought he did two significant things. Uh, one was the use of timeouts, as I mentioned. Every time the Lakers went on one of those runs, before they pulled ahead, until the very end, okay, there was one time they, got, they pulled ahead there after Miami had stretched it out a little bit, he called the timeout to stop it. That has been a criticism of Spolster in the past that he hasn't sort of done the pop thing, which is to call those timeouts quickly and stop the runs. The second thing he did tonight... He went with a seven-man rotation. Um, Seven-man rotation. Here are the minutes. Butler's 47. Crowder, 40. Adebayo, 38. Duncan, 37. Hero, 31. Only two off the bench. None, 28. Iguodala, 20. Let's get to both of those decisions. Alex, I'll start with you. Um, The use of timeouts, the way he managed the game, outside of the rotation. I mean, I really liked it, man. I, I like you said, I, I, that's something that I noticed too. Where you know, as soon as the Lakers got any type of momentum or the Heat started slipping, he would call timeouts, and I, I think that's that that's really huge because you know, in times like this where LeBron is on the other team and he can just go on runs where they demoralize you or they just take you out of your rhythm. I'm really glad Spo just kind of you know let made sure that that didn't happen. I mean, he, he was he's putting out 
multiple guys in their first playoff run out there in the finals versus LeBron. So I think it's good to, you know, I think the, the timing of those timeouts is really important for sure. And the, the minutes thing was really interesting. I think all of us collectively grown and we saw more Iguodala at center minutes. Uh, I, I didn't think they were terrible tonight. I just think Iguodala and Crowder and those guys, and Jimmy, obviously they all play bigger than their size, specifically on defense and the way that they've kind of figured out more or less how to guard these guys. It obviously, you know, it leaves a little bit more uh, space in the paint for LeBron and AD to attack. Uh, it worked out tonight. Like, I, I think Kelly has been great for them uh, for most of the series when he has played. So I, I kind of wanted him to play. But if he's not out there on the floor with Dwight, I'm kind of not mad at Spo for, for not putting him in the game because I, I, I'm not a fan of when Kelly's in there as backup five. So I, I feel like regardless, it's like, well, take your pick. Iguodala at five or Kelly at five. And uh, the Iguodala at five thing, that I, I, I think it worked tonight. I, it's, it is risky to me, though, just because I think Iguodala is best used as a wing, uh, even though he's done a great job on Davis. It's just tough because if he's out there fronting Anthony Davis the whole game and, and you know, there's nobody on the back line, I'm, I'm nervous, right? When you saw those offensive rebounds, I think that's what you become susceptible to when you do the Iguodala at the five stuff. You know, obviously, Kelly's not a great rebounder. So, again, you're just kind of choosing between not great options. Yeah, uh, I, I really honestly, I'm, I might have to ask Paul that question because I'm really interested to see like because I just really don't understand the logic behind the Iguodala at five thing. I just it, it's a risky move. I know that they want to, you know, just kind of play small ball and win that style battle. But I, I, I would like to hear from Spo because I think it's, it's an interesting move for sure. Three things that I subconsciously kind of questioned as the game went on. One was that he went to Kendrick Nunn so quickly because we <laughs> like we all we talked about was was he even going to get any run at all? Mm -hmm. I thought that it was particularly interesting to see the centerless lineup because we also thought like that was not going to come back in a big way, and it obviously didn't come back in a huge way. But the other thing is this: like seeing him stick with in a in an elimination game, Bam through some struggles. Bam was really strong struggling there there were a few plays where I like felt bad watching him kind of gut it out knowing that he's not 100% sticking bunnies, man so many yeah man missed bunnies uh, even Jay Crowder you know he didn't have a great shooting night but came up big um, it, it starts to make me think that maybe the game plan itself is actually not to be questioned it's more about like and this is so it's kind of mundane that I go down this road and say it's make or miss, but I almost feel like if the heat were just shooting there yeah. and we keep saying this, if they were just shooting their season average from three, maybe this looks like a genius actual move to go small and to kind of come at it from a different angle. And then when you see Kendrick Nunn put together a game, like he did tonight, six of 11 for 14 and four rebounds and three assists, I'll just say this. That's essentially the type of performance. What the things he did is what Gorn was giving you, but in like a totally elevated way. So like, if you think about what this team could have looked like, had Gorn been the one doing some of these things, providing relief points, the extra offense when, when stuff is breaking down, um, it, it just, it's, it's a miracle that they're taking this to six, honestly, with the crew mm -hmm. that, that, that they've, uh, that Spo has, you know, the seven guys that he's playing at this point. Well, he, he was asked about that um, after the game. So let me give you some of these quotes. He said, I know it's secondary at this point, but the seven man rotation, was that the plan going in? Or is that just the way Kendrick was rolling and the way Jimmy, you really couldn't take him off the court. He said, yeah, it was more just the read. I have every intention to go with a rotation we've been and possibly could go with that in game six. But again, the rotation has not been very deep anyway. 
uh, compared to what it was before. I mean, you're talking about maybe stealing a few minutes for Solomon Hill. I mean, DJJ is sort of way out of the picture. Leonard's not going to play, you know, with Bams in there. And so, I mean, the way that they've gone. And, and so we're really just talking about Kelly and maybe stealing a few minutes for Solomon Hill, you know, to get Jimmy a breather. But Jimmy didn't seem to want a breather. So that was part of it. Um, the other thing he said, uh, he was asked to discuss burn the boats, but he said that's too long a story uh, for yep. today. But, but he, he talked about the end of the game. He said, um, l- let me get into what he said about the last possession for the Lakers. He said, yeah, at the end of the day, I like those decisions. I mean, we had everybody in the paint. LeBron just had a bunch of those possessions in the fourth quarter where he was getting to the basket, offensive rebounding, everything at the rim to the free throw line. So we needed to bring out, bring not only a second defender there, a third defender, then they cut it. And of course, Danny Green is there. Of course, he has memories of that from those Spurs series, but there was a karma to it. I thought our competitive spirit throughout the course of the game was great. Sometimes it's a make or miss. And sometimes you need to be a little bit fortunate. We were, but we also made a lot of plays, particularly on the other end. And then he went on with Jimmy, Jimmy, again, his will to win is remarkable to do that in 47 plus minutes and take the challenge on the other end. This is every young player coming into this league should study footage on Jimmy Butler, the definition of a two-way player competing on both ends, five steals, and then making those big plays down the stretch for us. Um, offensively. I mean, he has, Jimmy has put himself in heat lore. I mean, there's no question with what he's done. He's, he's, Let, he's put himself right there. there. There's only two players in finals history that have multiple 30 point triple doubles in the NBA finals, LeBron James, and now Jimmy Butler. It's crazy. Unbelievable, man. It's crazy. And, and look, and, and the idea that Eric is going against uh, LeBron, you know, and, and, and having to sort of, you know, try to win that chess match. And he's saying to Jimmy, you have to solve this problem. And yeah, yeah right. And, and, and you, you saw you saw it with Jimmy, too. I mean, he solved the Anthony Davis problem in this game. I mean, the, he figured it out. And this is one of the things, you know, in talking to his representative, Bernie Lee, about Jimmy, he told me very early in the se- season, he said, you're going to see a different Jimmy in the playoffs. You're going to see a playoff Jimmy. And it's not just the mental will that he has. It's the way he studies these teams. He breaks down these teams and he figures things out from game to game. And you look at it, okay, they sprung Anthony Davis on him, and it changed the tenor of, of the way that he played in that game. They came back with it, and Jimmy kept either finding the switch, okay, and it's crazy when you want to switch, when you want LeBron to switch onto you, but it was kind of, compared to Anthony Davis, he either found the switch or he just attacked Anthony Davis, put him on his heels, and, and kept getting to the basket. And, and that, then this is what we talked about. And then he, he found his mid, mid-range game, as you said, Alex, and he ended up with one of these nights and I, it's tough. I'd have to watch them both. I'd have to watch them both again to see if this was better than game three. I think it but might it, be. I think, it, I think it might be. I think, I think defensively the five steals too. I just, think, yeah, that's like, what I'm they saying. Needed every bit of that. Yep. And the block, the block late too. And, and, and I'm struggling the way he was like, and, mm-hmm. and I, you, you had the dunking game. So of course you can go back to that and just find ways to get him open. But they used, like, I think this is not a coincidence that Jimmy and Duncan, had the game that they did. I think the plan was to use that, you know, that tendency to go under every time and to go deep under on Jimmy Butler on screens to find threes. And I think that's also how they eventually were, were starting to get those switches going for Jimmy. So he wasn't just matched up on AD every time they really leveraged the three pointer in a way that I don't think they have in the rest of the series. And obviously Spo has been trying to do that. The Lakers have done an incredible job uh, going over screens and running hero and dunking off the line and just making it hard on them. But tonight was, you know, with Davis there playing the way he was going so under, it was that three was open. And and that's what I said at, uh, you know, last podcast was that I I expected more threes to fall because of that adjustment. And that ended up being what happened 
in this game. But honestly, the Kendrick Nunn thing, by the way, since I did the same thing about that earlier, just I mean, uh, somebody on, I think it was a, a Royal on the, on the post game live stream with Alf, I call it Groupon Goron. <laughs> I thought that was really good just because obviously Kendrick isn't the playmaker score that, that Goron is. He, Goron was an all-star, but none was just out there making the easy passes tonight, man. I mean, when they would drop, he would take the jumpers. He was making easy reads. He wasn't overthinking the game. And, you know, I still think he's a step, a step slow as a playmaker where, you know, he, he's not quick with the reads, but he made the right reads. And I yeah. think that's, what's important. He, he competed on defense, man. I mean, He's not an awesome defender, but he wasn't just getting killed out there. And I, I'm really happy with what, we, what he did. Jimmy Butler, just like in any other game, screening and cutting. Like, this guy is just like – he's not your prototypical uh, scoring superstar, man. Yeah. Like, everything about this team, and you know, specifically Jimmy and Bam being the one and two, like, it really is just like the anti-traditional superstar combo. We talked about – and, and you mentioned none, but it wasn't just the easy reads. He made, I mean, he made a great drop down pass um, in there. Was it to, uh, was it to bang? I can't remember who it was down, down, uh, mm -hmm. down in the block for, for a finish, but, but he, he, you know, he, look, he played the game the right way. And I think with, with Kendrick, that's really all you're asking for, you know, the 100%. shot's going to come and go, but he played the game the right way. You could trust him out there tonight. But again, this gets back to Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra has shown trust in guys well beyond a point that we felt that he should OK, whether it's Duncan Robinson in the preseason, OK, when he, he could not make a shot. Right. Or Kendrick Nunn. Now he has stuck with certain guys. Don't forget Kendrick Nunn last game. Well, Kendrick. Right. Exactly. Right. OK. And, and every it, single one of us is complaining about Spo playing him too long. But but he has stuck with certain guys um, and it is paid off to the point where they are. I mean, and we're going to put this into perspective right after the break quickly, because I want to get this one up. But where they are two wins from an NBA championship. They're two wins from an NBA championship after a word from safe cubbies. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here, closing arguments. Cause I, I want to get this pot up and I want to see if that stream is still going. Cause I'm going to jump on there. Why the hell not? Um, let's look ahead to game six. I mean, you, you, you rolled out seven guys. You got to come back in, in a, you know, <laughs> less than 48 hours uh, for game six. You just, emo you're emotionally spent. You just beat LeBron at LeBron's, what is basically LeBron's best these days? Maybe it's not best we've ever seen from LeBron, but that's the best you're going to see from LeBron, that kind of performance. And you did it uh, again with Bam playing at sort of half strength, playing seven. Um, I mean, LeBron I mean, went 15 of 21, by the way. Sorry to interrupt. Six Just of nine from three. Six of nine from three. Right, oh my exactly. God. I mean, he had, he had a Jordan, the Jordan finals game where Jordan was looking at his hand against Portland, like he, that he had that kind of game. I mean, he was shooting from 28 feet. You just beat that. You yeah. just beat that with, with them in their Mamba jerseys waiting to have a parade. How do you summon quickly the same energy for game six? This is going to go one of two ways. It's either going to be that they just uh, expended every last ounce of the culture that they could possibly muster up with seven guys out on the court. And uh, LA is going to come back in uh, impressive fashion and close this out. Cause um, I just think that that that's on the table, but this is what's also on the table. And that is, 
I don't know what, An- what Anthony Davis is going to look like. I know when you wake up the yeah. next morning after you get um, an aggravated contusion type of situation, maybe you feel a little worse that second day, which is game day. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he comes back. And then this is the other thing is that the more high pressure this series gets, the more the stakes are raised, the more the bullseye turns toward the Lakers, and the more that this becomes um, any level of anyone starting to doubt LeBron James in this series, I think that um, that the if there's ever a team that's going to get the dirty pants, it's not going to be this Heat team. Listen, the Heat team might get the doors blown off of them in game six, and, and you just tip your cap because LeBron and AD are that good, and you, know, you kind of just exhausted everything you got. But they're not going to be scared, and they're not going to shrink. Whereas some of these Lakers guys, I think, could get to that mm-hmm. point. So it, it's going to be a pivotal moment in this next game. Listen, I'm, you want it short? I'm, I'll, I'll make it short. I'm expecting two great games. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, if look, at this point, it wouldn't stun they're me. They're not quitting. They're not quitting, man. No, well, they're, no, they're not going to quit. The only question becomes if the only question for them would be if just greatness is greatness, right? Like if, if LeBron and AD just elevate to a place that they can't get, but you're right, Greg, look, AD is a guy who historically there's always something. There's always something. And now there is something he's been on the floor so many times, right? Where he looked like he was, he, he might be injured. Like maybe that's finally adding up now, right? After faking all his injuries. I, well, and here's the other question, whether he can win this series, if they win game six, I don't have my daughter the first couple of days of next week. Am I really going to pass up a chance to see a game <laughs> seven in Orlando? Am I really going to do that? I mean, they're two and one without me and oh and two with me. I, I, we need to go fund me. Okay. Go fund five reasons sports. You're going to have to buy some damn t-shirts. Okay. Because for me to pass when I'm credentialed and I'd be like one of 10 reporters in the building. Okay. <laughs> to witness a game seven of this historic season. And my ass is just two and a half hours down the turnpike and I can get a $70 Fairfield in. Okay. <laughs> and watch this team play game seven. If I'm going to pass on this for you MFers, you're going to buy some MFers shirts. What, what's, okay. what's the number? That, you got to be like, oh, is that a threat or a 50 shirts? That it's both. Okay. Okay. I need a hundred shirts bought by Tuesday. Okay. By Monday. Cause I got to go up and test for COVID again, 24 hours before I've tested for COVID 16 times. I feel like all five on the floor shirts, all five on the floor shirts. Right. Exactly. So that that said, you guys get revenue on this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't be buying the franchise to his shirts. Not sorry. How it's next time. Okay. You guys, you're going to keep me from Orlando. You're not in the playoffs, man. You, you better buy some goddamn shirts. That's all I got to say. Okay. Or something. Um, anyway, that's it for us tonight. I, I I'm sticking to it. People are coming at me here. They're coming at me on, on, because I call this the most remarkable win. And this is what I said. I said, game six versus the Spurs. They weren't playing with a bunch of undrafted guys without their starting point guard against LeBron at a neutral site. It may not go down as the most momentous win in heat history, the, the one we remember over all others, but in terms of remarkable. Also felt so good. The, the ultimate te- guts check. Ultimate gut. That team, that heat team was every bit as good as that Spurs team. Okay. Was every bit as good. Now the circumstances of the last few minutes of that game. Absolutely. Okay. Ray Allen shot one of the most incredible plays in sports history, but that team was on a level with that team. This heat team without Goran Dragic and with Bam at half strength is not on a level with this Lakers team. And they just beat them with LeBron making six threes. 
Listen, you're going to have to kill Jimmy Butler. That's what Mike Ryan said today on the Love <laughs> Talk show. And I think that's such a great way of putting it. They are not going out like that. Jimmy Butler's just going to keep smiling and playing basketball and playing with like, like they've got nothing to lose, man. And that's why I'm expecting game seven. I, I, have, a, I have a really good feeling they're going to pull out game six. Well, you better buy some goddamn shirts. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor.